The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial appeal sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. Uh, it's post-Thanksgiving, and we actually have some basketball to talk about. That's the good news, Jason. Um, Thank God. Unfortunately, the basketball wasn't as good as we hoped from a Memphis perspective. Uh, over it wasn't, the- as, it, it wasn't as good as – it wasn't as good as the turkey and dressing. I'll, I'll, I can I can say that at least from my standpoint. Pretty good on Wednesday, and then the left, you know, Thursday the actual, you know, it was like your Wednesday meal. It was like Wednesday the night out with your friends. Wednesday night went pretty well against St. Mary's, but then yes, obviously the turkey wasn't as good this year, and the leftovers weren't great from a Memphis perspective. Um, let's just you know we're gonna break down everything here. Uh, on the podcast look ahead to this week the Tigers now have two games scheduled this week um, in non-conference play Uh, they've replaced the Ole Miss game that was scheduled for Saturday December 5th and are now going to play Central Arkansas on Friday December 4th Uh, and then the home opener is Wednesday against Arkansas State at FedEx Forum 7 p.m. tip but but let's let's break down uh, how we got how we how we reached this week. I guess Memphis starts off one and two in the uh, in the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic. They beat St. Mary's seventy three fifty six in the opening round game on Wednesday. Um, big game from Boogie Ellis in that one. Uh, but then Thursday they lose to Western Kentucky. Uh, the Conference USA favorite, 75-69 in the semi, that was in the semifinal round. And then in the consolation round, the third place game, uh, Memphis loses to VCU 70-59. to uh, VCU picked ninth in the Atlantic 10 this year. So um, suffice although, to say. Although, although the A-10 is looking pretty good. Well, they look better than the ninth place team in the A-10. They're still not considered one of the – you know, no. like a surefire tournament team. Whereas, you know, Western Kentucky, that loss felt a little better just because Western Kentucky looks like they are going to be very good this year. Um, but well, and and not only that, real quick, but the but you can you could diagnose what happened in the Western Kentucky game a lot easier. You can like you can like uh, resolve, um, you know, what, what happened in that one, uh, sort of a little, it's a little easier to swallow, shall we say that one, uh, just because you can point directly to Charles Bassey and, and, you know, you know what happened. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because yeah, if you, if you, if we sit here and break down each game, like I think the St. Mary's game, for instance, like we felt so good coming out of that. And in retrospect, it actually, there were signs in that game of what we saw took place the first two. Because what I think is interesting when you look back on it now, um, Boogie obviously had that, he had 24 points, 20 of them in the first half. He was six of seven from three-point range. It covered up a lot lot of stuff. Um, And in that first game, you came away really excited because obviously Boogie had a great game coming off the bench 
in a six man role, it really did look like he could be the Lou Williams for this team as, as Penny put it. And I still think he can be. Um, and then Musa Cisse had an encouraging first game. You know, there were moments when he looked like a freshman, uh, but there were also moments where he looked like a five-star recruit. And so you were really excited about that. You got contributions off the bench from Damian Baugh, Malcolm Dandridge, Lance Thomas in that game. Um, and so you, when you looked at it, you go, man, they just beat St. Mary's by 17 points. And DJ Jeffries didn't even play that well. Landers Nolly didn't play that well. They don't have DeAndre Williams yet. So you came away really excited. But, you know, when you pull back the curtain in that game, they were 22 of 51 on two-point shots. That's not good. Um, and if you take out Boogie Ellis, they were one of nine from three-point range. You know, and so th- there were signs of this. Then you go to the Western Kentucky game. Once again, you know, they, they, some of their offensive issues were covered up by the fact that Landers Nolly caught fire in the first half, ends up with 25 points. Um, Memphis shoots nine of 20 from three point range in that game, which is pretty good. But six of it, it was Landers was six of 10 from three point range. Um, so it was really one guy doing most of the damage from outside. And in that game, they were 18 of 46 from, from two point on two point shots. So again, a really poor percentage uh, on shots inside. And I think when you look at it anecdotally, how many bunnies did this team miss over these three games? It felt like, yeah, um, that's a very good point because especially kind of against St. Mary's weirdly enough, there was, it felt like, a handful almost. And, uh, and then, yeah, there were, there were a few here and there. Um, And then you go, and then you go to the VCU game, DJ Jeffries ends up with 17 points. Um, But again, they're 14 of 34 from two point range, six of 23 from three point range in that game. So some ugly, ugly percentages. And that's how you end up with, you know, that's how you end up only scoring 59 points. And what I think it speaks to, so over the three games, Jason, they shot 41.2% on two-point shots. Like, that's, you know, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. And I think it speaks to, and this is what we, you know, everyone's talking about, it feels like, especially after the VCU game, the half-court offense isn't good. Hasn't been good, really. It wasn't good last year, um, but it, you felt like, you know, with a year of experience, they were going to look better. And in these first three games, they just didn't really look better in the half court. And I think that two point percentage speaks to there's just not, yes, they missed some easy shots, but there's also not a lot of easy shots being generated in this half court offense. Um, yeah. When you, when you look back at, at, at how they played offensively, Memphis what what stood out to you as as kind of the the issues the thing that I can't really um get past is we we saw so much of what we saw this past week uh in those three games are things that that were really kind of you know glaring uh much of last year and and chiefly among that uh, like chief among that uh um in that in that group is the fact that you know they're just they're they're, the the shots that if their shot isn't falling 
if they're like if their shot isn't falling, they're they they don't know what to do. Um, yeah. they, they don't seem to be able, or they, they haven't seemed to be able to adjust. Um, it's like, if the shot's not falling, well, the shot's not falling. We're going to keep doing what we're doing and just hope eventually the shots begin to, to go down. And, uh, there was a lot of that last year. Um, it just doesn't seem like they're, they're, they're able to make, um, adjustments when things aren't going their way according to the game plan that they have installed and, and that game plan that they seem to have installed is just appears to be carryover from last year. And that's, See, that's I'm not sure it's necessarily schematic. Like I think Penny's in a perfect world, Penny's the way, like, I don't think like the, the, the plays they run are the problem. It's to me, it's, it's more complicated than that in the sense that one, I think one of the biggest issues is the lack of a, whatever you want to say, dynamic point guard, lack of a good point guard is a real problem for them. Um, I mean, Alex Lomax started in these games, but was either a non-factor or a negative factor in the games. Like at no point was he helping them. It felt like in these three games. And so that's not good, obviously. I thought Damian Ball um, had a very encouraging three games, looked much more in control out there. And I do wonder if maybe he's not, you know, I mentioned here, I thought last time I thought he was going to be the surprise player. I'm not so sure maybe he shouldn't be the starting point guard at this point. Um, You know, I know uh, that is of course, if Penny wants to go with Boogie as this Lou Williams, six man type guy, but I also think I wouldn't mind seeing him play the one at this point, just because at least then, you know, he's out there as much as possible because what I, I don't really care to me, it doesn't matter whether Boogie comes off the bench or starts. I just know after what I saw in the first three games, I want the ball in his hands more. Um, I want him, you know, he's one guy on this roster who it feels like can maybe go get his own shot at times and so I'd like to see him play as much as possible, um, whether it's better with him coming off the bench, so you have more firepower off the bench, whatever. Um, but they need to figure out that one spot because I think that's part of the problem. They struggle to get into sets. They, they struggle to execute sets. And then it just breaks down into one-on-one play. And, and this gets to the next issue is I think this team – is good like this if this team is going to be good it's going to be good because of the sum of its parts like there's not like a singular star on this team and sometimes it feels like these players play as if they feel like they are a star player when in reality the reason why this team could be good is because they've got a lot of like guys who who are pretty good but you know and like if they all play together and have chemistry um, I think the team, you know, obviously the team will be a lot better, but they need to accept, they need to accept roles. And, and that's partially on Penny. Like, like, it just feels like people don't have defined roles on this team. Like he talks about Lester, for instance, as a three and D guy. Well, Lester, you know, but then he gives Lester the freedom to do whatever he, you know, to dribble to the hole. Um, you know, what is DJ, you know, what do you want DJ Jeffries to do? It felt like he was just forcing the issue. Um, Landers Nolly looks like 
someone who should be another three and D type guy more so than taking it to the cup. Um, but you saw him taking, you know, him forcing the issue. And so it felt like rather than having defined roles that, you know, they just kind of, they, you know, they take turns trying to be the man when in reality, I don't know if there is a man on this team. I'm if glad there you, is one, maybe it's DJ, maybe. Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm really glad you brought that up because, or, or you said it that way because I, w- I want to ask you this question because it was a question that was posed to me um, by someone I was talking to over the weekend about their about Memphis's uh, showing in in South Dakota. If the NBA draft was th- this week, yeah, do you feel like Precious Achua goes higher than twenty after after everybody saw how Memphis looked without him? Uh, I don't know if it changes his draft stock. I do know this. I'll say this. If the NBA, if the 2021 NBA draft was today, there'd be one player picked in it, and it wouldn't be as high as anyone thought. It'd be Musa, and he'd be a second round pick. No one else on this roster would get picked, and yeah. like they all, but they all think they're first round draft picks, and right. that's a problem. Like it just is. They're all good players. Like there's a lot of nice players on this team if they accept a role. Um, yeah. If my they, point if is, they, yeah. My point is, I just feel like you know, Precious was able to cover up some warts last year. Um, I mean, the Pratt court offense was bad last year too, though. Right, it wasn't but, they, like- but they won. They never they never looked – and they were the games they lost, with the exception of Tulsa, they were in them. And I wonder how much of that was because of Precious Achua's superior game. Uh, and, and they just don't seem to have a guy like that this year. Well, I think it's too early. Like, and that's one thing I would caution. Like, I think it's too early to, like, 100% agree. in terms of, like, oh, no, they lost to the ninth-place team in the Atlantic 10. This team is doomed. Like, I think you saw enough there. Like, look at the three games. You had Boogie go off in one, yeah. Landers go off in the second, and then DJ had a decent performance in the third. Now, like, if they can get those three guys – all playing, you know, gelling. Cause I think that's really the biggest issue is once again, it felt like even with a year more of experience, it felt like these guys were all playing together for the first time. Like yeah. it didn't, it didn't feel cohesive out there. They felt like five separate units at times rather than, you know, one team. No, uh, they, just, they just felt like a bunch of guys who hadn't played much together. And maybe that's, yeah. That's the reality in the pandemic. You know, you didn't have exhibition games. You didn't have, you know, you, it was all different than it would normally be. But I just thought it would look, I thought it would look more cohesive because, yeah, you're re, you're introducing Landers but and Musa, but for the most part, most of the team was here a year ago. And it just didn't, it didn't look that way. In these you're, so, you're, you're also sort of reintroducing DJ Jeffries. You also lost Tyler Harris. You lost Precious. Sachua. So, you know, there's that, that also plays into the formula as well, but devil's advocate to your point about how, how it was just one guy here, one guy here, one guy here. I mean, to be fair, Boogie scored 14 in the game that Landers scored 25. So it wasn't like, you know, Mm -hmm. but I get your point. I get your point. Like if you can get everybody playing well together, then this team does have I just think you need to find roles. Like if you look at the, let's go, like if you go through the starting lineup, like very, like to me, a decision needs to be made at point guard 
Like, to me, I would be surprised if Wednesday against Arkansas State, Lomax is the starter because he didn't play well in these three games. To me, it's got to be Ball or Boogie at the one. You think Lester, um, you think Lester stays in the starting lineup? The, the question becomes, like, one, Penny has said he's nicked up a little bit. He's dealing with an injury of some right. like a knee tendonitis, it sounds like. Um, to me, it's just more about having defined roles. So it's like – whether it's Boogie or Baugh in there, I would keep Lester in the starting lineup, but I would be telling him, like, I want you to be in the corner ready to shoot when you get the ball. Like, do not pass up shots. And same with Landers. I'm telling him, you need to be shot ready. DJ, I want you take, you know, I want you, you know, penetrating and kicking to Landers, Boogie, or, or uh, Lester. Yeah. And I would, I, frankly, personally, I'd be playing Musa Cisse more. I know Penny gets – his minutes have been limited because in the in a half-court defense, he makes mistakes. Like, he's not great in the pick and roll and whatever. But, like, I think you need to let him play through some of that stuff more um, because he's very clearly a difference maker when he gets going, like on the glass, as a shot blocker. I would be playing him more minutes. Like I know, you know, Malcolm and Lance did some nice things at different times, but to me, I I want especially these next three games where you're playing Arkansas State, Central Arkansas, Mississippi Valley State. I'm extending Moose's minutes. I want him playing through some of those mistakes because I his upside is so great um, compared to Malcolm and uh, Lance Thomas down low. Um, and again, you know, he got exposed. The whole team got exposed by Charles Bassey. Um, you saw it was like the it was it was a game where you went you went man. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to have Isaiah Stokes, for instance. Um, I don't know how many games there will be like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you're going to run into too many Charles Bassies, but he very clearly exposed a flaw underneath. Like Moose is just not there yet from a strength perspective. Um, but I still, I'd rather, I, I think you, I think I would want to play through his mistakes a little more because he does some, some very intriguing things in other categories. Um, and then, yeah. And then, but when you look at it, I mean, like Boogie, I thought played pretty well. Um, I know he didn't, he had a, he didn't do much in the third game, but no one did much in the third game uh, against VCU, but like I said earlier, I think he's one guy who showed he can create a shot at least. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so I was intrigued by that. And I was, like I said, ball, I thought played really well. I, yeah. I think like, to me, I'd be, I, I like Boogie off the bench. Cause if you take, if you have Boogie as a starter, I don't know. I think he, I like the fact that you're bringing a, an elite scorer, hopefully in theory off the bench. I think you start ball. Because I think he's actually he's got point guard tendencies, whereas Boogie's got score tendencies. Um, but I thought Ball played pretty well. Yeah, to me, the thing about Ball is he he defends. And yeah, he, he defends really, really well. He rebounds and 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 like you said, he's got the the point guard tendencies, but he's also got the um, he can he can almost he's like a combo guard. In a, in a way, if you know, yeah. if you shot- can play him with Boogie, you can play him with Boogie if you yeah. want. Like, I think that's an intriguing lineup of Ball, Boogie, 
And then however you want to do it, you know, Landers and DJ and Musa or Lester and DJ and Musa, you know, like that's an intriguing combination to me. Um, playing Boogie and, and Damien together at various points because it's two longer guards. You, you don't lose, you know, and, and two guards who can create off the bounce. Um, but they need to figure something out with the half court offense. I don't know whether it's changing the scheme or I don't know if that's going to be the, the solution. I think it's more about defining roles for each of these players and giving them a more, you know, like I know Penny emphasizes giving these guys freedom, but I said it all last year too. These guys scream that they want structure. Every time you watch them play, they need structure more than freedom. Um, and so there's got to, you know, and, and to Penny's credit, after that third game, I mean, he admitted, like, I make adjustments. Like, he he knows this isn't good enough. And But caution about, like, jumping off the bridge, you know, based off three games. Ultimately, Memphis was not going to make the NCAA tournament in South Dakota, and they didn't lose an NCAA tournament berth in South Dakota. And they've got three games here, Arkansas State, Central Arkansas, Mississippi Valley State. They should win all three of these pretty easily. Here's a chance to get to uh, to kind of get things in order ahead of playing Auburn and then moving into conference play. Um, let, me just, let me just insert a little disclaimer here. It's yeah. roughly 10:30 a.m. on uh, Monday, November 30th. So yes. if, if the schedule changes, <laughs> you know, like we're assuming there's three games. Yeah, and- yeah. No, good point. Good point. If all things go well, COVID-19 protocol wise, they have three games scheduled over over a six day span um and it's a chance to to, like i said get things in order um so we shall see any any other thoughts from your end uh jason what do you think of the rotation that penny used in these first three i mean because there was no exhibition games there was no real there were no scrimmages or whatever like you know that has to be taken into account i mean it, did it seem like he was uh, maybe over rotating at times? Probably, but also not only done that since he got the job. He sub. I think he just subs. I think you just have to accept that he subs a lot. Like at a certain point, things he does are just patterns and who he is. And I think for better or for worse. And I think one of them is I, I, like remember last year I, I tracked all these rotations. He plays a lot of different lineups. He he's. You know, that's, that's how Penny does things. He likes – he doesn't stick with a lineup for a super long amount of time. My gut tells me that he will continue to do that over these next three games where where you're playing, you know, lesser competition. Arkansas State, Central Arkansas, Mississippi Valley are all sub-250 in Ken Palm, whereas St. Mary's, uh, Western Kentucky, and VCU are all um, – Top 75. Top 75, yeah. So um, – I think you'll see him continue to sort of experiment and and feel his way through it, get a better idea of uh, what he likes and and who works best together. But I I hope for his sake and you know for people who don't like it for their sake that he that he you know settles. He's he's been saying it since since earlier last week. 
I know I want guys in roles. I want Boogie out. Like even if Boogie's going to come off the bench and score 24, he's going to stay coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know, I don't, I don't want guys thinking that just because they have a great game or just because they have a bad game that, that things are going to change drastically. And I think I, so I think at least starting games and starting halves, he's done that so far, but you know, again, to be fair, there was no exhibition. There was no scrimmages, none of that. There was no Bahamas trip to, uh, to figure these things out um, earlier. And so, you know, and, and, and the other thing is, uh, you know, it was last season, I think, where you sort of ease into the schedule. You're not playing three top 75 teams on three consecutive days. Uh, yeah. You know, so no, I, in that third one, they looked ready to go home. Like, well, almost they, from tip. Yeah. Like they looked, yeah, they like that. The, the, the Western Kentucky game, while I, I guess discouraging, I, you didn't feel like, t- like ultimately, like, they lost to the conference USA favorite who took advantage of their fresh, you know, of their lack of size inside. Um, like it just, it felt, it felt better. If you will, the VCU game, like VCU didn't even play that well and beat right. them by 11. Like it was, they turned was the ball was, over VCU turned the ball over 18 or 19 times in that game yeah. and, and still won by like it just never good. felt like Memphis was engaged in that third game. Um, and, it just, and, it was it was supposed to start at eight o'clock on a on a Friday night. It was turned out to be an eight thirty tip. You know, you were playing for third place. You weren't playing for anything really. I mean, it it, it you know. Yeah, well, I mean, like, who cares about the place? I mean, I don't know. It just feels like you just you you you. We were told like you know they they were desperate to play games and sure. you know like that's why they were going up there. And then I just thought the effort wasn't that you know like usually like the Penny Hardaway era has been imperfect, but one thing you've never questioned is like, these guys play hard. They didn't play that hard in the VCU game. Like there, it just wasn't there. And that's why I, I think you saw Penny was so disappointed. It wasn't even like they, it wasn't like, like they played poorly. Yes. But they also just didn't play hard. Um, yeah. It was like the only other time I've seen them look like that was against Tulsa last year in the yeah. 40 point loss at Tulsa. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you look at you look at their Ken Bomb numbers. Their offense is actually more, much more efficient through three games than it was a year ago. But you look at this two things that I think they need to focus on. I mentioned the two point field goal percentage. That's a bit. That's that that like you should not be shooting forty percent from two point range. Um, that means to me that means you're taking bad shots. That's what that tells you right there because. You shouldn't be that low. And then they're not getting to the free throw line. Um, I think that's an issue too. Um, they're, they're, they're just not getting to the free throw line. I mean, against VCU, for instance, they attempted 18 free throws. I guess that's okay. Um, yeah, they attempted 18. VCU made 21. Yeah, they attempted 11. They were 6 of 11 from the free throw line against Western Kentucky. Again, Western Kentucky made 19. Memphis attempted 11. And then they're 8 of 13 from the free throw line against St. Mary's. They're just they're not attacking the basket uh, like they should. They're not getting easy looks like, like you want them to. The turnovers they did pretty well with the first two games, but then obviously turned the ball over quite a bit against VCU's pressure. Um, although as Penny noted, and I think he's right, like what was weird was a lot of the turnovers against VCU were not like 
because they were getting pressed in the backcourt. It was just like careless stuff in half in the half court. Um, there was at least a couple of offensive foul uh, turnovers, and yeah, so yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, we'll wrap it up like this. Let's go through the roster real quick, and we'll go plus or minus or neutral from the weekend. Okay, Jason. Is this a guessing game or? No, like if you said oh, they, if their stock is up from after the weekend, their stock oh, is down, it. or their stock is neutral, okay, given okay. how they played. All right, let's start with uh, DJ Jeffries. I'm going to say stock down. Just be- He played better in the third game, but it felt like he was forcing the issue, and he never – you know, part of it was probably just getting his legs under him first – first game back from the knee injury, first games back from the knee injury, but, but just was not the, the the star you were hoping he was going to be, which isn't to say he won't be starting in game four, but I just thought he didn't play particularly well. So I'm going to take the expectations part of it out, and I'm going to say he was a shade below neutral, just a okay. shade below neutral because Penny's right. He contributed uh, in the rebounding game. Um and and so you know and and again he was he he's had a long layoff all that good stuff he was also playing out of position for a large portion of that third game yeah. so well uh, i think he's going to have to get used to that to be honest i, I think he's going to be playing the four quite a bit this year well if deandre gets eligible we'll see but yeah yeah no if there's no deandre williams he's going to play the four a lot yeah um all right let's go alex lomax i think we can both agree stock down after this one yeah. um he needs to play back. I mean, like, listen, he's maybe it's just he's hitting his ceiling as a player, but you know, he's 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 in the starting lineup to be the steadying presence, and he just wasn't even that. Like, he was not. He was not. He was turning the ball over, making poor decisions. Uh, he needs to play better. Um, you know, he's he. You know, you want him to do well because he hustles and he's like he's this gritty player in theory, but. Right now, he just doesn't feel up to snuff, if you will, um, you know, in terms of what they're asking him to do. He's got to play better if he wants to play extensive minutes. All right, Landers, Nolly the second. I'm going to say neutral for Landers. Um, you saw in that second game, when he gets going, he can really put the ball in the basket. And I'd like to see them run more – like. It felt like they were, you know, when he got, when he was being featured, it was more in like a one-on-one capacity. And I just don't know if he's that type of player, but he's like, he's capable of taking it off the bounce, but you don't want that to be the primary way he's scoring. I'd like to see them run more offense for him because he can score at all three levels. It's just, I don't want to see him dribbling the ball a ton to get those baskets. I want to see him coming off screens, cutting, things like that. But I think if I, I, I think I was really intrigued by his shot making capabilities, particularly in that second game. Yeah, I'm neutral on him too. I, I would like to see him do a little something else. One more thing. He didn't rebound particularly well. Uh, he had four assists in the in the second game against Western Kentucky, but otherwise he didn't do much in terms of um you know, facilitating in any way. So I, I would just like to see him do some one more thing at least uh, better than what he did 
and the, yeah, and then like either him, Boogie, or DJ, like they need to be empowered to like in a VCU game, like those. That's a game. That's a game where it was screaming for someone to like take over, and you know, I, I you know. Maybe as time wears on, Landers will be that guy once he gets more comfortable because he certainly has moments where he shows like he can be that guy. All right, Boogie Ellis, I'd say stock up. One of the guys whose stock went up from these three games. I just thought he looks he looks like he looks like one of the out of all the freshmen or sophomores, whatever you want to call him, like he does look like he's made a jump. Um, you saw it in that first game, even in the second, I know the third game, he didn't play. He still, he was the only guy who scored in double digits in all three games. And he's one of the few guys who looks like he can create his own shot. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he's capable of this. He, he feels like he, he's, he's going to take that, not maybe not the leap, but he's, he's made, he's made certainly made progress from his freshman year. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, stock way up. Uh, Damian Ball, I'd say stock up for him as well. Like I said, he was he played in control. Um, he's still he's good defensively. Um, he was hitting some outside jumpers. I, I just thought he looked like a guy who had matured as a player. Yeah, no, totally agree. Damian Ball, um, while it's not a huge jump, I think he has looked he he looked much improved or not much improved. It wasn't a huge jump from last year, but it, but it was improved. And, um, yeah, future future looks kind of bright for him right now. All right. Yeah, Lester Quinones, I'd say stock down for him. Still is not showing, like, that he's a consistent knockdown outside shooter like, he was, like he's been billed to be. Yep. Um, he's got to knock down – He's got to knock down that three-pointer, like the the catch-and-shoot three-pointer better. I mean, he just has to. Um, He's got a good stroke. He was a great shooter in high school. It needs to start translating into games. Five for 22 from the field. It's not good. Not good. Not not great. Um, Let's go Malcolm Dandridge and Lance Thomas, uh, your backup bigs first. Then we'll go to the starting big. I'd say – I'd say both stock up slightly. I was in, like, I thought Lance played pretty well in the first game. Um, he's not a good rebounder. It's a, it's a problem. I thought Malcolm had some encouraging moments. He's, you know, um, he, he needs, he's still a little too inconsistent, but I, you know, as a defensive, as a defensive replacement for Musa, I thought he had some encouraging moments. So I'd go slightly up for both probably more so for Malcolm uh, than Lance. What did you think, Jason? I am more – I'm closer to neutral on both. I'd like to see Malcolm score a little bit more. He scored two points the entire uh, the entire tournament. Um, you know, Lance I, – I was curious why he didn't play uh, very much in the third game against VCU, maybe because they, they needed scoring, they needed points, they needed offense. Um, only played nine minutes, but – uh, yeah, he, he was a little bit north of neutral for me. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we saw in that second game where they're going to have issues is, big, you know, big, strong, big men. Like, they don't have anyone who can really defend those guys. And that's why Malcolm Malcolm feels important to this team because he 
in theory, could be that guy off the bench. He's got the size. It's just he needs to – it feels like a mental block with him at times in terms of, you know, he has moments where he looks like a dominant – he can be a dominant big man. It's just – they're just moments, though. It's not right. like it doesn't happen consistently. All right, Musa, I, I, I would say neutral. I thought it was – for all, you know – it was, you know, he got exposed at moments and then he exposed people at moments, you know, like he had, he, he looked like a freshman should, um, but there were a lot of intriguing moments. That's why I said earlier, like I would play him more, um, but as a rebounder, as a shot blocker, as a finisher, um, I thought it was a, it was a, a decent few games for him. Yeah. I mean, neutral. Uh, I, I don't think my expectations were overly, uh, high for him. And so what he did, I felt like, um, was, was pretty good. I mean, he, you know, didn't embarrass himself, didn't, uh, didn't shine. And then Jaden Hardaway got some run at the last two games. I thought he looked, he looked fine. He actually gave him a little spark at one point. Um, so I'd go stock up with Jaden. Um, you know, we'll see how much he plays, um over the course of the year but you know he didn't look out of place that's i guess is what i would say yeah i'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm with you stock up I, I i was getting i was actually uh sort of working on my story as the game was going on and then he hits a three and he takes a charge on the on the other end of the floor and it feels like the momentum starting to swing against vcu toward the end of the first half didn't work out that way but i, was- I got i got no problem with using him sporadically as a spark plug where, where you, it becomes an issue is if he's, like, getting extensive minutes because defensively he can't guard anyone. Um, yeah. Like, he, you know, but as a spark plug, you know, he, he provided, you know, you know, it, unfortunately no one really came along for the ride, if you will. But he right. had, you know, he was he, – he did seem to have uh, – light a spark a little bit. So we'll, we'll see. Um, like I said, I, I wouldn't take these three games as the end of the world. Were they – discouraging based on what we hoped we'd like to see progression wise. Yeah, a little bit, but now here's three games, hopefully where they can get things in order as they head into conference play. Um, We will join you next week uh, after these three games are played and we'll get you ready for the Auburn game. uh, You know, if it's played, hopefully it's played. Um, But uh, till then I was Mark. I was joined by Jason Uh, Thanks so much and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.